of a confession when I was a kid, I thought that verse said, surely goodness and mercy. I thought it was two people that would be following me all the days of my life. You know, you hear what you hear. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. One of the things I don't like to admit about myself is that at times I experience anxiety. I don't mean the debilitating kind that some people unfortunately suffer, but I can get myself pretty worked up about something and fret and worry and stew even more than usual. Anxiety, a distressed emotion in the human mind that is caused by fear and uncertainty about the future. Some might interpret that as me not having faith, but I don't think that's the case. I think it means I'm human, just like the writer of this psalm. In some ways, Psalm 23 answers the one before it, Psalm 22. In that one, the writer cries these words we know that came from Jesus' lips as he was being crucified. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he goes on with a lament of troubles and asks God to be near and to give help. I wonder if any of us have ever felt that way. God, where are you? Why did you desert me? Why am, in, why am I in this dark place all alone? You know, one of the things I've told you before, and I mean it, is that when I preach a sermon, I'm always preaching to myself. And I need to be reminded of the faithfulness of God that we read in the 23rd Psalm. Because to tell you the truth, I've been anxious lately. COVID is raging around us still. And as we've seen from our own prayer concerns, people are sick and they're still dying. And our church finances are not what they were pre-COVID. The pandemic has taken its toll on attendance. And it's anybody's guess what the future holds for the United Methodist Church or for the church as a whole. And I have to admit, I've been letting that trouble me and get me down. And I made it make me doubt my effectiveness as a pastor and, and doubt our ability to do what God is calling us to do as a congregation. And so I need to be reminded that God is faithful to us. And if we are faithful to God, we are being a successful church, no matter how the world may measure or judge us. The wonderful thing about the 23rd Psalm is that it reminds us that our immediate circumstances are not the end of the story. We may find ourselves in a place that we don't like, but God will move us through it, and God will be with us every step of the way. I like how Jeff McElroy puts it. I'm not certain about what is going on in my life, but the Lord is my shepherd. I may be struggling to make ends meet, but I will not lack. I might have trouble sleeping because of everything going on, but God causes me to lie down in good pastures. Storms and tsunamis and hurricanes may bring damage to life and land, but God will lead me to still waters. I might be beaten down and hurt and broken right now, but my very being will be restored. Restored. You know, 
So often we associate this psalm with funerals because grief is one of the darkest times in our life, is it not? But we shouldn't think of this as a psalm about darkness and death. It's really a passage of hope and comfort. This is God's word for us about life, a life lived trusting God and walking with the Holy One all of our days. This is a call to discipleship, to living out God's reign in our lives, to following in Jesus' footsteps, to make God's love and mercy and grace known to all the world. To call God a shepherd may not mean much to many of us today because we've never had much experience with sheep, right? But perhaps it helps us to realize that in the day that this psalm was first written and sung, kings and rulers were often referred to as shepherds. So think of it this way. The Lord is my king, the one to whom I pay allegiance, the one who will care for me, the one who has a duty to protect me. Kings, you see, have an obligation to their people, just as the people have an obligation to the king. Our king, the psalmist claims, is going to take care of us even when things look gloomy and we are walking through dark places and rough patches, does that mean that we can just be merry and bright and act like everything is just fine? No, I don't think it means that. God doesn't make trouble disappear. But God will guide us through the valley. And we need to be vigilant about listening and heeding God's instruction to us about how to walk that dangerous terrain and avoid, and avoid those enemies and troubles that are lurking nearby. I shall not want. I think we live in a society that confuses wants and needs. What the congregation who sings this psalm is saying is that we have what we need that God does provide. No, we may not have as have as many people as we want, but do we have enough to be the church? We may not be as wealthy as we'd like, but do we have enough blessings to share with others? If God assures us that we will have what we need, why then do we become fear-filled people? And why am I? Why am I so anxious? Hasn't God proven again and again in our individual lives and in the life of this congregation that God is with us and won't leave us wandering around in that valley? I'm pretty sure this is not the first time the congregation has struggled with money or attendance. COVID is not the only time that we've had those concerns. And I doubt this is the first time or the last time that we will have trouble seeing what lies ahead where the journey is taking us. That doesn't mean we shouldn't think about the future. But fearing the future is not what God has in mind for the church. Our job is simply to be the church today, right? The psalm shifts its metaphor from shepherd to gracious host and as the psalm goes on. So often these days we think of a host or a hostess as one who provides niceties and all the little extras that make us comfortable, right? But in the day this psalm was written, hospitality meant so much more. You see, when a traveler found himself or herself away from home, he or she had few rights. 
And so it was the host's responsibility, a sacred duty, if you will, to care for and protect the traveler for as long as he or she was in his territory. God the host provides the necessities, food and drink. God the host makes us rest and keeps watch so our enemies don't attack us while we are unaware. We can trust God to help us garner the strength we need, the emotional and even physical resources to help us get out of that dark place so that we can get on with being the people of God, sharing, caring, and daring to stand against injustice and oppression wherever we see them. What, we really, what do we really need to be a witness to God's light and love in this world? What can make us into a people who can allow God's grace and mercy to be a transforming power in our lives and in the lives of others that will help us be a vehicle of help and understanding and fellowship? I think we need mostly to remember the words of the psalmist, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. I love that. Even though I misunderstood it as a child, I love that, that part of the psalm. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. That word, follow, is actually more like the word pursue. I love how one writer put it. Surely goodness and mercy are not like two little puppies following close behind tails wagging. No, goodness and mercy are the hounds of heaven pursuing lost souls and lost congregations. This psalm sings a daring song of hope. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me and finally catch me. I may feel anxious and lost sometimes right now, but God's word of assurance to me and to all of us is that no matter how we feel, God is right here with us and God will restore our souls. We may need the spiritual equivalent of a nap, a cup of cold water, a good meal, and a change of perspective. I like how the Common English Bible translates this psalm. I wanted to read it from the King James because that's the one we grew up knowing, right? But I like the way the Common English Bible translated it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You set a table for me right in front of my enemies. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full it, it spills over. Yes, goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. Aren't those comforting words? Aren't those words of hope? Bottom line, God can be trusted, and we can step out on shaky little faith legs to do what God has called us to do. Even if we don't think we have enough money, enough people, enough wisdom to do so. Because as one of the church's affirmations of faith reminds us, we are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, 
to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. And if we're doing that, then we are being faithful to God. And we can rest assured that God is faithful to us. Thanks be to God. Amen.